0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Ministry of Parents podcast. I'm Sass here with my friends, Carrie and Amy, and we have a special guest, and we're actually, we're, we're, we're live. We are live. We're live from the D6 conference. You're not live with us at the D6 conference as you're listening. I've always felt like that was weird when you say we're it's live okay. somewhere, but it's people okay. are listening to it and they're not live.
1: But we are live. We are live. We are. Alive in Orlando, Florida right now. Yes,
0: we are. So Sass, Carrie, Amy, and uh, Carrie, tell us, our, our, our friend, uh, his name's Brian, but I'll let you... Tell well, us about Brian, and, and then we'll stole let Brian. My there, bud. Sorry, go ahead.
1: But yes, our special guest is Brian Hanks. Um Brian is an author. He's a pastor uh, in Bay Area Church in Leak City, Texas. Yeah. Just
2: think, Houston.
1: It You're sounds right? like a metropolis, League City, Texas. Yeah,
2: it's hundred thousand people actually. Wow, that yeah. is that's pretty large. Yeah. All right, Chris. Your
0: church is a hundred thousand. It's two million. Actually. Oh wow. Okay. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: League City is hundred thousand.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Brian is Brian is an author of many books. Yeah. Uh, many of you probably have heard of.
0: Um, Amy, so you you want to kind of hit Brian with kind of a first question here because uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. Um, by the yes. way, you, your books have been super helpful for me as a dad. Just mm-hmm. want you to know that. Thanks. And yeah, That's absolutely for sure. So yeah, yeah.
3: So Brian's latest book is "War in the Wilderness: Fight for Your Family When Life Isn't as It Should Be." So Brian, tell us just a little snippet of what the book's about and what the heart is behind writing this book. Now,
2: sure. So, uh, anecdotally, we probably already all noticed people go through really hard things. Uh, good people go through really hard things. Uh, Christian people go through really mm-hmm. hard things. And so, the book is written uh, from two standpoints. One's a place of passion, just like we were hiking, talking about those hiking tours. i uh, spent a lot of time in the wilderness, mm-hmm. in the desert. I understand it, and it's, it's a metaphor for life in the scriptures, between Genesis Mm-hmm. and revelation 21 it's all all wilderness mm-hmm. and so uh, helping people understand why we go through chaos what's happening to us brokenness sin our all that stuff why why we're in the wilderness and then secondly just to, to bring help hope restoration to people and families um, man people are just so um I think, hurting mm-hmm. in these days, in these moments. And so just how do we help them understand who God is in that, how to get help mm-hmm. when uh, when things are going really wonky and, and you're in that place and you just feel like you can't survive. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So in the first part of your book, the first section, you talk about the different types of wilderness that mm-hmm. we experience in our lives. Could you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Sure. The, the, the Old Testament uses several words for wilderness, but but there are three that stand out to me. Uh, One is Midbar. Midbar is, uh, it's like desert you could survive in. So if we're using the metaphor, life is uh, wilderness, just like the, the scripture does. Midbar would be like our normal, like our everyday. As you're going, you almost forget that you're in a wilderness because you can you can figure it out in Midbar. You can you know grow things there. You can find water there. You can find shade there. You can survive <laughs> there. Kind um, of we forget we're in a desert. But the second level of wilderness is Sia, and Sia is desert you can survive in if you have help so you're mm-hmm. not going to make this one on your own life is going to be scorching enough it's going to be difficult enough the suffer suffering is going to be great enough uh, you can't find shade you can't find water and so you need a community you need hospitality you need help from other people and then the third is uh yashimon and this is this is wilderness or desert you can't survive in so this is so so uh, difficult. Such a treacherous terrain. It's beautiful on the one hand. On the other hand, it is so deceptively treacherous. Practically, we take people uh, to Yashimon and for four hours we carry water in. I know if I don't get them out in four hours, uh, somebody's going to dehydrate. We're going to be carrying <laughs> well, Got to get out. Yeah. So life is like that. And in Yashimon in the scriptures, we see... Um, that's where God works the greatest miracles so that's where they get water from a rock manna from heaven mm-hmm. <laughs> shoes don't wear out you know it's it's the greatest miracles and and truly you are in yashimon you recognize if you did it before you recognize like you need help from above because you're not gonna make it uh, you're not gonna make it through this
3: and families are going through so much these days it seems like so there's some overwhelming issues um, what would you say are some of the biggest issues that families experience in the mm-hmm. desert where they can't survive without God's help? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, there are there could be a, a million examples of what people are going through in Yashima. And I can tell you ours, um, that our, our oldest daughter, she's 23 now, um, she was... Um, sexually abused by a friend when she was young, like eight, nine, seven. Mm-hmm. We didn't know about it mm-hmm. until she was eighteen. And so then the ramifications of that, what came out in her life, her mental health struggles, spiritual health struggles, physical health struggles, we navigated all that. Legal, um it was so hard. I mean, it, it was the the wilderness you can't survive in, and uh, and so I think that's that's one place where pe- people find the intersect. For whatever the catalyst is, the intersect of mental, spiritual, and emotional health all comes together. It's all tied. You can't like just talk about mental health or spiritual uh-huh. health or physical health. It's for intricately designed, and it's all connected. But you realize in that moment, like this is so bad either because of our own personal sin or the wounds or sins of another person or just circumstantial chaos for whatever reason it's so bad we're not gonna survive so i think i think parents families are dealing with mental health mm-hmm. uh, issues with their kids you know anxiety depression or all-time high suicidal ideation is at an all-time high especially post-pandemic um, You know it it could be driven by a lot of things but those those things eating disorders cutting all of that just pornography and all the outlay that comes from pornography every every family's dealing with these things in some way shape form or fashion Mm -hmm. uh, these days
1: we were talking before uh, we started recording a little bit with brian about all the things that families are dealing with, and the pandemic playing a part of that. I, I know I feel and see. I've seen. We went into this two-year, two and a half-year timeout, mm-hmm. where everybody kind of went into their their closet, if you will. <laughs> they went into their their space and shut the door, and there was darkness, and nobody saw what anybody was doing. And and I think, in in my perspective, from my perspective in the student ministry world. You know, the the students turned inward. We all did. Mm -hmm. Uh, People turned into their, leaned on their own, you know, their own vices and Mm -hmm. created some new vices uh, in that space because there was no check, there was no balance, there was no. uh, It's easy to avoid accountability Mm -hmm. in in a home when you nobody was going to come in, nobody could come within six feet of you, Mm -hmm. so on and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think and see in the student world, we're seeing it play out faster now that the lights are on and people have come out. Um, but I think it's just a bigger picture, uh, church-wide, culture-wide. What we're going to experience is, as the people walk back into the light, you know, all the things that they they didn't leave behind them. In, in mm-hmm. the de- it just got worse. Yeah, things got mm-hmm. things got more difficult. And I think to your point of the the being in the desert place where it is unsurvivable alone. Mm-hmm plays into what we are seeing now in the increased suicide rate and in the um, all the struggle and strife is people have been trying to do it on their own for the last mm-hmm. two years, mm-hmm. three years. Yeah, um, and There's just a lot of hurt. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of self-inflicted. I joked about earlier with Talking this summer with student pastors, that some of it's self-inflict, but the, we we all as human beings self-inflict damage. Yeah. I think that is a story as old as the Old Testament of the Israelites walking through the desert, just shooting themselves in the foot yeah. figuratively, uh, again and again. God provides, and yet they roll their eyes and, and continue to wander deeper into their own yeah. issue and drama they're self-creating some of it and that's not to say that that the issues that people are dealing with and the struggles aren't real it's just that a lot of times we wander It maybe is what I'm trying to say into into this next part of the desert where we didn't have to Mm -hmm. and sometimes arrogantly we wander in thinking I'll be fine Mm -hmm. to your point of going you're not going to make it four hours much less all day much less a year you're not even going to make it four hours. What do you think, Brian, was, um, as you're watching, as we talked about, as you're watching all this, you know, it's playing out all around us, um, What what is something, what is, like, the number one thing a family could do, a parent, whether I'm going to speak, I, I, my world is teenagers, so I'm going to speak into that. As a parent of a teenager, what is what is one thing a parent can do to help come alongside their, their teen in this place of desert um, and help
2: them walk that. Yeah, I'd say a couple of things. So first of all, um, I really believe, and, and I hope this doesn't like shatter you if you thought I've never done that in my life, but I really believe that um, it's very important that you've been discipling your kids before yeah. they get into Jeez. these wilderness places um my oldest daughter i'll never forget this picture So we're going through all this and uh i mean it is intense in every every way imaginable and she's mad at god like where were you god yeah. when mm-hmm. this happened yeah why were you there you all know, real things you're a deliverer mm-hmm. you know what happened so um we're just going through all that and uh i come to the get up early one morning, it's about 6 in the morning, I smell coffee already, I'm like, what in the world, what in the world, and she's sitting at the table with her Bible, journaling like crazy, not that she's happy with God, but she knows where to go to find water, she knows how to get a drink in this deep, dark place, you know, and uh, and she never let that go, that came from a long time long process of discipleship that started when she was nine when we said, you know, you don't you don't have to depend on us alone just to hear God. You mm-hmm. can hear God by yourself through reading the Bible, praying. And so I think discipling your kids beforehand, like giving them the tools, the basic tools they're gonna need, I think is really important. The second is you don't leave them alone out there. So (laughs) you don't say, well, this is really not happening, or I don't have time to deal with this, or I'm not going to lean into that. It can't be that at all. Uh, You have to pursue that heart connection. And usually a teenager that's going through a deep wilderness situation, um, you might be the safe place, which means you're going to get all of the, the kind of, opportunity to be good compassionate mm-hmm. as they pour things out but you're also going to get the brunt of <laughs> their right. anger yes. of their frustration of their m- miserable you know feelings mm-hmm. and so not letting that heart connection break not turning your back not walking away uh, in the midst of that I think is really important mm-hmm. that's hard for parents to do and then you've, you've got to build a tribe around them. So that it, it can't be just your family dealing with this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were looking for like, who, who is a, another, uh, like a, a, a minister, pastor type that she trusts that can be involved in her life. Who is a counselor that uh, she can meet with regularly during this time. Let's go to the doctor. Let's figure out if anything's going on physically. Um, a friend, who's, who's your, you know, we say 2 a.m. friend, you know, this person that you can call uh, that's not us uh, to listen to you because we're your parents and that's good and we're connected. But sometimes they hear better uh, from, from other people. Yeah. So you build that tribe around them. Those three yeah. things I think are important.
4: There's something special about leading a youth ministry. From Wednesday nights to equipping volunteers to mission trips There's a ton that goes into shepherding students and serving families. But how do you continue to grow as a leader while balancing all the demands of ministry? My Youth Man by YM360 is designed to give you the tools and training to help you lead, grow, and thrive in your ministry. So when questions arise like, how do I approach social media, talk with parents, or how do I put on a D now? My Youth Men provides practical resources to answer these questions and so much more. You'll learn from veteran leaders with weekly articles, tips, and on-demand classes. You'll get an over-the-shoulder look at how other youth pastors are leading their ministries. And we want to give you monthly access to live, interactive training. All of this is for you. Because we want you to grow, lead, and thrive in the ministry that God has called you to.
0: So uh, I want to get you to put your pastor hat on. And so as you think through how we as church leaders, because obviously a lot of church leaders are listening to this, how we as church leaders can engage parents mm-hmm. in the midst of these wilderness moments or even in the midst of kind of everyday life and everyday discipleship. I mean, a lot of us struggle with how do you practically do it well in this sort of busy life and culture that uh, these parents are, we as parents are living in. Mm-hmm. So what's kind of your best... Uh, advice for ministry leaders on how to engage parents and families in order to help this discipleship Mm -hmm. path kind of really be walked?
2: Yeah, so the first thing I would say is uh, when you catch wind of stuff like that going on in people's lives, don't don't be too busy for it. Reach Mm -hmm. out, reach out to them. Mom is the most likely, if mom's around, mom's the most likely individual to say, here's what's going on. We need help. We need help. And so I'd I'd make a reach to uh, mom. If it's a student, I'd engage with that student if they will engage. Practically speaking, I think um, the best things that we've done pastorally for people... Or create opportunities for them within the church, create opportunities for them to to receive what I would call reactive discipleship or biblical counsel. So proactively, you can train biblical counselors in your church so that when this stuff comes up and they're trying to build a tribe, you can say, ours is called living water for obvious reasons, you can... Can go here, fill out this form. We're going to match you with a counselor who's going to meet with you every week while you're going through this. Um, beyond that, creating a list of competent, um, gospel-centered LPCs or licensed professional counselors yeah. in your area, and being able to tell parents like this is somebody who's got all the credentials for dealing with. Whatever you're going through, uh, from a mental health perspective, but they're gospel-centered, meaning they're gonna they're gonna pray, mm-hmm. they're gonna um, they're gonna share good news, they're gonna point people to Jesus. But sometimes you need, in my opinion, sometimes you need cognitive behavioral therapy. Yep. Uh, medicine is not a disgrace; it's a grace, mm-hmm. uh, common grace given to us by by God can abuse it, but you don't have to. It can be a a grace. And so um, we went so far as to, it, it became such a passion point for us. We partnered with another church in our city and started a counseling center called Life Truth Counseling Center. It opened the doors in December with eight therapists. We've expanded to 10. We're seeing 100 clients a week. Wow! in that one center. So not only for parents, but if you're a, a practitioner or a ministry leader and you're thinking, what can I do for my city? Your city yeah, is really in the it. mental health crisis. Yes, that's right. It's yeah. a great way to, yeah. uh, to minister to people. And
0: most parents that I talk to, like if they want to find that Christ-centered counselor, they can't get in for four months. Yeah, and, and, and that is absolutely uh, true. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it is.
1: I think that's such wisdom. I don't know, Amy, in the children's pastor space as much as I'm aware in the student space the pitfall I guess is the best way of student pastors trying to be counselors when they right. are mm-hmm. that is not your qualification stay in your lane yeah. stay, yeah. And, stay in your lane yeah. um, because we you know for the reason of, of adolescence we you hit a lot of roadblocks and a lot of things very quickly in that stage of life mm-hmm. and they're trying to solve that for the parent as a counselor for the student as a counselor I am um, all for leaning in. You, Brian said the word "leaning," the phrase I am all for leaning in, and I think we should, as uh-huh. pastors, lean in. But we have to know where that line is. Of, hey, this is above my my pay grade. This uh-huh. is just this is a place where I I have reached the space I can't. I would do you a disservice at this point. Uh-huh. Um, I just think that's a pitfall that we often, as people, as you are listening to this, hopefully you are drawing that line and have. Rallied around the counselors around you, or at least are aware of who they are and have a list. Have built your. If not, hey, go build your list. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, right. think about that. Talk to them; they are more than happy to talk with you. Build a list. Ask around who who is good, who is who does this well, who uh, even under the under the, the banner of Christian counseling, who really does right lead biblically, mm-hmm. who really does point people. Just because you have Christian counseling right. as your moniker doesn't necessarily mean you. Or scripture first. Um, so, but do that. Find those. Hey, find those people. Find that list. Build that list, mm-hmm. my friends, listening That's to this. Great. Don't try to take everything on yourself. You are. You can quickly find yourself in, in, in water that that you don't have businesses being in because there are mental and there are mental issues that need to be dealt with professionally. Mm-hmm. And there are things that need to be dealt with medically. Um, don't get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. Know yeah. your role. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, one of the things that I was thinking of is is um, we always we care about the families in our ministries we get to know them um, how can we pray for them mm-hmm. when they are in that in that desert where they're feeling desperate they're feeling mm-hmm. hopeless they're feeling so overwhelmed that the burden has just worn them down
2: mm-hmm. It's a great question, uh, not to give a shameless plug, but this is a shameless plug. At the end of each chapter of this book, War in the Wilderness, I wrote a prayer specifically around the content of that chapter for family. Um, that's, that's very biblical, very scriptural prayer, and I encourage people from the beginning, hey, make sure that you don't just read this content. And, and miss praying uh, in a way like this because the power is in the prayer that's how we fight actually again the enemy is so real in the war in the wilderness and um, prayer is how we fight it's how we become dependent on God um, so how can we pray I think of two real ways to pray um, really quickly is um, I'm a a biblicist, and so I think there's power in God's Word. Mm -hmm. And so there are many prayers in the Scripture that you could pray, but let's go back to the most simple, the the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, We think of that as something that we just recite and, um, and move on. But you can pray that prayer specifically for any family. Uh, your kingdom come. Your will be done in the Haynes family. As they're going through this, God, would you use this desert in their life to teach them deep things of you? Would you relieve them and rescue them? Um, give us our daily bread. Will you be just enough for the day for them? Uh, be their shade. Be their refuge. Be their living water. Um, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil word as the Haines family is going through this will you protect them from the enemy mm-hmm. will you will you keep them from giving into the flesh when they want to medicate when things are so um, so difficult um, so a scripture like that gives you really great handholds uh, to pray Uh, Because otherwise, you kind of don't know how to pray. Like, they're going through that. I haven't been through that. Help them, God. I mean, that's a a fair prayer. Yeah. Um, But if you want to spend some time praying for them, lean in with the Lord's prayer. I think is a great place to start. That's
0: fantastic.
1: I I want to call back to something you said earlier, Brian. Um, You had mentioned discipleship early on. Um, for the parents, or even this may be a two-parter. For the parents, one, but also for the for the children's pastors, and the youth pastors listening to this, the ministry leaders listening. Any advi- what would be your advice for the parents who haven't done mm-hmm. this early on?
2: Yeah, and think
1: because I know I have dealt with parents who, in the teenage stage of life, as their kids are in adolescence, they just bury their head in the sand and wait for the storm to blow away, yeah. right mm-hmm. to blow over.
0: They feel like they missed it. So but yes, yeah. and then yeah.
1: that becomes the yeah, excuse. That's of, right. Well, I didn't engage, so it's probably too late for me. So as a parent who's listening, if they feel like, hey, I've jumped into this game way too late. Mm -hmm. Now we're in the midst of a desert. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to engage. What would they do? And then for the youth pastor, children's pastor listening, how can you help the parent who's saying, Mm -hmm. hey, thanks, Stephen, but Mm -hmm. I have not engaged. I failed. I'm out.
2: Yeah. I think it's a great question. So a lot of parents will uh, finally be ready to engage in spiritual formation when they realize they're in this deep desert where they uh, need the help of God. I mean, they, they finally get it like, oh my goodness, you know. And so uh, if that's you and you have never discipled your kids, so the good thing about God is... He is powerful enough to handle all of this, no matter what what you've done up to this point. He sure. is uh, redemptive and restorative. He will deliver and rescue. He'll give you enough for the day, all of it. He is who He is. So that's where you place your faith initially. And then take a step. So if you haven't been taking your kid to church to mm-hmm. worship, and be in a group, you need to go to church if you 're one of those people like since the pandemic you 'd love like watching church on TV uh, because you can eat and not wear pants and, uh, and be glad that you you 're watching on tv i 'd say you know what put pants on and go to church because um, there is it is like when you gather and worship and you're in group, it's life on life, and it's like this huge cup of cold water in the, in the, in the depth of the wilderness. There are a few people there that will understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Just the body singing praises to this God that can handle it. You know, the scripture says that our God is a God who rides through the desert. He, mm-hmm. He's over it, sovereign over it, and, uh, and he can handle it. So take a step, um, maybe your step is we're, we're actually going to open the Bible in our home together. We've never done it before, it's weird, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I, I'd say if you're going through the desert, start in the Psalms. All of the Psalms are mm-hmm. desert Psalms, just start with Psalm 1. What does it say and why do I need to know it? Those mm-hmm. are the only two questions you need to ask. Um, and let, let people talk just like we're talking this podcast uh-huh. let your, your teenager and your, your kiddo engage at their level mm-hmm. but just read Psalm 1 what does it say why do I need to do it uh-huh. the next day read Psalm 2 um, just take a step though that's uh-huh. the main thing uh-huh. um, God will honor it and he'll use it it seems feeble Uh, to us but it's it's the right thing and, and and while we are feeble in ways god is so powerful and we'll use that that's
0: great excellent that's great well brian thank you for your voice thanks for the message that you have in so many different ways and for continuing to share it because it's powerful for us as parents it's powerful for ministry leaders and we really appreciate you so where where can people get the book
2: People we don't mind shameless plugs, uh, so go yeah. ahead. So uh, D6 Randall House, they have a website, warinthewilderness.com. You can get it at Amazon.com or really, I think, anywhere you order books. Fantastic.
0: I'm, I'm taking one home. I know two I or think three people. I think that's that's where Amazon do. is where everybody
2: gets books, right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much,
0: especially if you want it fast.
2: Yeah, and if you get one, write a review. That helps me. There Preach. Preach.
1: I would agree with that. <laughs> Sitting at a table with two, uh, three authors, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's about it. Just anyway, the lonely, no author over here.
0: You, know, you just produce everybody's stuff. What are you
1: talking I do, about? But I get on, I get on Amazon a lot. That's, what I, That's anyway, what I
0: do. Anyway, well, we hope today, we know today's been helpful for you as a ministry leader or a parent listening. And as always, if you need help, just email us at Ministry to Parents. We'd love to help you. And we are excited to kind of continue to share great resources with you as a parent and ministry leader. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Ministry to Parents podcast.